It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined by Sam Quinones, author of a new book about the fentanyl and meth and synthetic drug crisis in America that you don't know enough about. The book is called The Least of Us, True Tales of America and Hope in the Time of Fentanyl and Meth. Sam, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Good morning. Um, so, so my much first for being here. Yes, thank you. My first question is, what do we not know about fentanyl that we need to know to sort of understand what's going on with it? Well, um, that it's prevalent in the drug supply now, largely as a, a, a based on decisions made by um, and um, the economics of, of the drug drug world, um, and that could be the drug world down in Mexico, as well as the drug world up in uh, in the United States on the streets of, of the United of the United States, local dealers, small time dealers. It starts in Mexico, where um, for many years they uh, dis they uh, were were supplying our our, our heroin. Uh, and large and ever greater quantities due to our in, enormous demand due to the opioid epidemic, which was uh, this, the topic of my first book, uh, Dreamland. Mm -hmm. um, the, this book that I'm, uh, I've got out, uh, just published now is about how they moved away from plant-based drugs. So we're really in the era of synthetic drugs mm -hmm. now. Designer moved drugs in Mexico is what they call them, right? From, I'm sorry? Designer drugs is what we're talking about. That, that's no, the term that no. I keep hearing. No, okay. No, no, we're not. It's not designer drugs. These are these are these are standard drugs that anybody that that they've learned how to make uh, just because they've used uh, the 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 world chemical markets to provide them with chemicals. The the, the move really was was a uh, one based not on co what customers need but what tr benefits traffickers. The idea hmm. is we no longer want to produce plant based drugs, plant-based drugs require land, sunlight, seasons, irrigation, farmers, synthetic drugs require none of that. And they discovered fentanyl, uh, I write about in my, my, in, in, in my new book, the, the Least of Us, um, uh, in about 2006, when, I, when a guy, a, a chemist down there kind of clued them into it. Um, and then over the last several years, they've really uh, ramped up uh, uh, production. Fentanyl is a synthetic um, a substitute for heroin. It's very, very potent. It's an opioid, hits the brain the same way that, that heroin does. It, it can addict you. You can build up tolerance. You can also very quickly get into withdrawals if you don't, you don't have it. And, so, and it's also extraordinarily potent so, uh, and can kill you very, very, very easily. The, the idea behind uh, fentanyl, is, uh, what's going on in Mexico now, is that they have such access to the world chemical markets that they can produce fentanyl year round, which is something they never could do with opium poppies. Right. And oh. so the, the supply of this stuff is just um, uh, uh, really, I would say, catastrophic. It's, it's all, over the, all, over the, all over the country now. It's been uh, 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 moved into the United States in just stunning quantities. And then it, it works its way into the, the, the regular drug, drug supply. So what's called heroin now is really just fentanyl. I don't believe in a few years we'll have any heroin on the streets of the United States 
at all. Heroin, fentanyl just is crowding it out, out-competing it uh, in a sense. And that's terrifying because fentanyl is far more deadly than heroin and overdose yes. fatalities have, this stat blew my mind, that overdoses ha are, are now greater than car crashes as mm -hmm. the leading cause of accidental death. So yes, and homicides and, and all the and gun violence and all that. Yes, exactly right. And that's, that's largely due to fentanyl. Then on the, right. on, the, on, the, on the lower dealer side, so you we just talked about how Mexico has kind of shifted away from plant-based drugs to uh, synthetics, both fentanyl and methamph methamphetamine. But on the do dealer side, deal it's so prevalent that dealers understand that it's a little bit, it's kind of analogous to salt that we sprinkle on our food, whatever food plate of food we have in front of us. The same is true with, with the drugs that are, that are being sold on the street. Fentanyl is being added primarily to cocaine and to methamphetamine. And, and that is to do two things. People ask me all the time, why would you add a drug to your cell, a drug that would kill your customers. Right. And there's actually really a, a good business reasons at the dealer level why you would do that. First of all, if you add fentanyl to um, um, cocaine or methamphetamine, which are drugs people buy generally more occasionally, you don't have to physiologically, you don't have to have it every day. If you add fentanyl to those drugs, eventually you will create an opioid addict who has <gasps> to buy your dope oh my God. every every day you don't have to you know and so these are because in order in order to keep that drug sickness away that withdrawal away that person's going to need to buy your dope every single day another reason uh is that deaths on the street are not necessarily uh, a warning in the drug addicted uh opioid addicted world frequently they are an advertisement so somebody dies and a dealer, uh, uh, at times, I know of examples where people have, have broadcast the fact that they're there to just uh, overdose somebody. Um, that's because people will flock to it. Then they, it's, it's the, 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 wow. the, the essence of the drug addicted mind is that the dope overrides all of our brain systems that are designed to keep us alive. Literally, that is kind of what drugs of abuse do. And the, the effect of that or the, uh, the, the, the manifestation is that of that is when people die, die that means that dope dealer is most likely going to get more um, uh, uh, business. Um, on the other, on the converse, if you are known not to put fentanyl nowadays, People are nowadays um, are addicted now to fentanyl across America increasingly. So you're seeing people have tolerances to fentanyl that you would have killed them to a year or two ago. And so now people are, are, are addicted to it. If that is the case, then, then you've got this whole new system of, 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 of thinking out there in which adding fentanyl to, 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 to your drug actually makes a, a great um, uh, uh, business sense. And, and, well, and if you don't add it, very quickly, you don't have any customers. That's the word spreads and people just avoid your dope. I don't know that I understood that by putting it on other drugs that people take occasionally, you're creating more addicts. I think I understood this in the context of like the opioid crisis um, as it relates to like pharmaceutical companies, um, yeah. you know, an oxy. It starts um, but with I that. did I, I right. didn't understand it in this context. And so that was very helpful. What what policies, if we have any, um, are in place 
to stop this? Is it because well, be, it feels to me like fentanyl is killing a lot of people that shouldn't be dead, right? People that were that, using that's, cocaine. That's certainly true. Um, you know, the right. the truth on the street is that there's no such thing as a long-term fentanyl uh, user. Um, right. uh, street street fentanyl user. Keep in mind, by the way, I want to say this: um, uh, fentanyl is a magnificent drug. It's, it, I've had it in, in, a, in a surgical uh, context, and it is medicinally used, pharmaceutically used properly. It's a magnificent, it revolutionized surgery in our country and anesthesia in our country, and it's, it's allowed for a lot of different um, uh, surgeries and so on. The problem is when it gets into the hands of people who are, who are kind of, uh, who, who are profit motiv motivated only, who don't really care much, um, the early outbreaks literally true the early outbreaks of fentanyl uh, overdoses and deaths you may remember from like 2016 17 you'd see these clusters of 50 yes. overdoses in a weekend right. in cincinnati and whatever a lot of the reason for that was because guys on the street were mixing it so badly because they don't know what this is this is it's, it's the first time a, a drug profit which is immense and the the, the most profitable drug profitable drug ever has really been tied to the underworld's ability to mix it. And the problem is they're not pharmaceutical grade right. mixers. And you're and working with fact, something that micrograms of... can kill you, like micrograms yes, can kill you. Right. Yes. And it's and it's so a small dose. That's why nobody lasts on the street using fentanyl, because even the smallest mistake can can kill somebody even with a large tolerance early on in all this. Early on all this, the, the myth was that the best way to mix your fentanyl with whatever inert powder, uh, you know, lactose or whatever that you were going to use to sell it in a bindle and so on, the best of, uh, tool to use that was was a was a magic bullet blender, um, and so you, narcotics agents would find these magic bullet blenders, which you can find at Target, you know, twenty nine right. ninety five yeah, yeah, yeah. infomercials. I own one actually; they're magnificent <laughs> yeah. for yeah, smoothies and salsa. Great for soups. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They're fantastic little 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 instruments, but they are really miserable for 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 mixing up your fentanyl. See, I've never tried and, to do that with mine. No, well, exactly. <laughs> the problem is, of course, it's a blade, and and when a blade mixes liquids very very well, it does not mix powders at all. And so what you began to see is these really uneven mixes. People uh, at some point not getting any dope in their dope, and then other people getting a, a, an overdose that killed them within literally almost like within, within uh, uh, rendering them unconscious and within seconds. And so you began to see this all across the country because the folks who were, who were, who were doing it didn't understand that. What's happened recently, I think, is, is, a, is a fascinating, another innovation in the, in the underworld, which is one of the fastest moving parts of our economy, frankly, at times, is that the Mexican traffickers, almost in response to that, but also as kind of a value-added play they have they have taken to making counterfeit pills um with, with only containing fentanyl so counterfeit xanax adderall counterfeit uh, percocet uh, counterfeit oxycodone 30 milligram generic uh, pills all with pharmaceutical stampings they've learned how to oh make these my God. but they don't include anything but but fentanyl and and this is this is kind of, and they are they are flooding now, the market when, now. When customers that. buy oh, this, do they think they're that. buying black market Percocet, or do they know yes. that they're buying yes. fentanyl and and that this is a clever way to disguise it? It's a terrific question, and I think it depends on the buyer. Nowadays, the veteran users they know everything's fentanyl. They, right. they, what they call heroin. This one guy told me I was out in Eastern Tennessee a little bit ago. He goes, you know, the stuff that we call heroin. They call it heroin still, but it's everyone knows it's not heroin. He goes, it's probably got everything but heroin 
in it. It's got a, it's like a trash can of stuff. But but a lot of younger users probably don't. And so what you're right. seeing now because of this vast supply, this vast supply has has answered the question that drug dealers on the street have always the dilemma they've always had, which is that um, where do I get my dope? Where do I get my supply? Who's my connection? One of the benefits, frankly, of the drug war is he kept on arresting folks, and it was like adding uh, turbulence to the to the to the drug to the drug supply. Nobody ever knew where they were getting it. Well, that's been solved. There's so much dope out there that people are getting this everywhere. And the, and one of the ways they're now selling it because oh, there's all this competition. People are are desperate to find places to sell, venues through which to sell. Is that they're now selling it on Snapchat on on uh, oh, no. instagram oh, on TikTok, God. and a lot of those customers are younger kids they're on they're on social media they've been on co and during COVID, they've been on the computer and the phone a lot all year on a lot of those customers are really not aware of what's in that stuff i yeah. think that what you just explained is the most terrifying thing i've ever heard because <laughs> um no seriously because yeah no i i hear when, you when I you say you, when you say that somebody is you know putting it in counterfeit um, Adderall. When I hear you right. say yeah. that, that is a that's a high school student that wants to study for a test. Yes. That's somebody that's in law school. Yes. That's a that's not a drug user. That's somebody no. who wants to study. No. I took um, off label Adderall in college, and I literally did it because I needed to finish papers. Like I shouldn't have done that. I knew it was bad, but I did it. We all did. Right. It wasn't right. a party drug. It was a a finish study your drug. paper drug. And, I never right. and what like, I think we're, we're at now, I have boy. to say, is really the end of, of the concept of recreational drug use. Wow. There is no such oh thing. Oh, my any, God. And, and <laughs> you're scary. Any me. place you go, anything you buy, particularly <laughs> if you're not taking it directly out of the pharmaceutical bottle right. that you bought from oh the pharmacy, God. is suspect and, 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 and can kill you. And, and it's more akin, you know what I think of it as, is really it's more akin to a national poisoning. And the same is true, we could talk a lot of, the meth story is another fascinating story uh, yeah. that I talk about in The Least of Us, but this is more akin to a poisoning than an actual national poisoning rather than an actual, you know, drug problem. Of course, it's couched, it's in, it's a drug problem, obviously, but but there, there's a, elements of poisoning here that's, that are, that are get beyond simple drug use. I mean, yeah, obviously, the, this is, this would require I don't think that we have the cultural understanding to make this shift. Like if I had yes. young, if I had teens in my life right now, I would be talking to them about, you know, recreational drug use and the need to stay safe and, and, you know, making Constantly. sure that you're, but I wouldn't be telling them, look, taking a single off-label drug could kill you in this moment. And you just can't do it. And I'm so sorry that like you grew up in the time when that was the case, but you can't take the Percocet that your friends are handing out at the party and you That's can't do saying, the line yes. of cocaine at the party. You Not can't do any of that because you could die from a single You know what's line. interesting is that all those myths that I'm 62, so I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and you know, reefer madness and all these kind of myths that were perpetrated years and decades ago, really, about the, the, the evils of drug use. We laughed at them because in our experience, we knew they weren't true. But what's happened now is the myths that, uh, have become reality. And so one line of cocaine will kill you. There was a, a party in Venice Beach in California where, yep. where uh, mm -hmm. three comics overdosed yeah. and died. Um, you know, uh, Michael K. Williams, I'm pretty sure I'm not, the, the, I understand he had a, a form of fentanyl in his system. He thought he yeah. was using cocaine and that's why he died. 
Um, that so was you, his drug you, of choice. Exactly I mean, he's, he had, yeah. we had, we've interviewed him before and he talked about um, in previous interviews about his issues with addiction and his drug of choice was cocaine. So when I right. first saw that headline and it said fentanyl and I was like, but he, that wasn't, you but don't he wasn't just heroin. like right. pick up heroin um, when you're a right. cocaine user. That's not how it works. And so I was like, it must've been lit. And it was the, it was that Monday or I think it was a long weekend. Was it that weekend? It was yeah, that it was. Monday after the Venice Beach comedians. It was the same sort of week stretch right. that that had happened. Sure. And, you know, the, 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 the other part, I talk about this in my book, but this is, um, this is the, 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 the road through which, um, for the first time, really, African-Americans are dying of the opioid epidemic. Yeah. Uh, before, when I was writing my first book, Dreamland, of course, this was really a white problem. It was, and, and to some degree as well, a um, problem on, uh, among Native Americans. It was almost did not touch the black community. Now, uh, dealers in the black community, uh, where, where cocaine is really the, the drug of choice, have figured out they, they add cocaine to the, um, I'm sorry, fentanyl to the cocaine, and, and that, and, and they will get, again, they will get a fentanyl uh, opioid addict will have to buy from them every day. And there will be the collateral damage of people dying, but it's a wild free market and no one's really thinking about that. Sometimes they care, sometimes they don't maybe, but no one's really got that top of mind. Um, and so now, now you see uh, great increases in, in uh, rates of death of African-Americans to what is called an opioid. I think most of those folks are thinking, and this is what I wrote about in my book, I wrote about the first um, uh, uh, African-American a cocaine user in Akron, Ohio, to die of this. Akron was one of the first cities to see this stuff. Um, um, you know, he, he was uh, 10 years a, a cocaine user, struggled with cocaine addiction and all that. He lasted maybe a month once fentanyl hit the scene. Wow. Um, and that's also what's going on really now, not just in Ohio, but all across the country. So let me ask about cannabis, because we're in this weird place where it's perfectly legal in some states and still extremely black market. You can't you can't purchase it legally in others. Do, does does that have implications with the fentanyl market? Like, are we seeing fentanyl be used in cannabis? That's that's this is a, on the, the black market. And is it safer if you're buying from a legal dispensary? It it. it we're going to assume that it's safer buying from a legal dispensary. The problem is, of course, do you know how well that pot has been inspected by the time it gets to the dispensary? Um, no. I, I'm not sure we do. <laughs> just, I think this is part no. of... I'm sorry? Just assume we don't. <laughs> yes, and I, I, I mean, you know, damn. I mean, there are rare occasions, I know of several, where people, uh, dealers on the street, have put fentanyl into the, to the marijuana. That is not the commonplace thing. On the other hand, um, our approach to legalizing marijuana has not been, if it's a food, we need to inspect it the way products in a food factory or a food or, or uh, you know food stuffs are are inspected. And if it's if it's a medicinal product, if it's a drug for with, then we need to inspect it the way pills are when they before they leave leave the 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 the, the pill factory. We're still in an era where you don't really know what's on there. You don't have little barcodes saying, yeah, this is here. You don't have any, you, you don't really know what you're buying, even when it's legal. Now, sometimes you do, but the problem is you also have to have faith that what is on that label is, is, is reality and that the person who put that label on there knows that it's reality. And, right. and sometimes, you know, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the dispensaries are, are, are more uh, um, trustworthy place to buy the stuff. On the other hand, 
Um, I in Los Angeles, where I'm from, uh, you know, the the folks are, are I think I've know I know of dispensaries who bought kind of backdoor dope too, you know. So um, it's a it's it's a difficult thing thing to. I think it's because we have not acted with maturity yet when it comes to uh, legalizing um, um, marijuana, and that is yeah. to say, we need to put into place every single uh, inspectant and regulatory. Uh, agency and and structure that governs food and governs pharmaceutical drugs when it comes to these things. And of course, we're not even close to that yet. So what do we do about testing strips that we were just chatting um, about, you know, them putting, obviously, without your knowledge in drugs that you wouldn't expect. So you're not expecting to take fentanyl when you're when you're taking an Adderall, you're not expecting to take fentanyl. um, If you're taking um, a drug for some other purpose. So how do you yeah. test well, to make I would sure say the that thing you're taking it, doesn't have fentanyl in it? That's really a good idea, a good question. And I would say, again, when it comes to pills, there is no way of doing that. You can just assume it's got fentanyl in it. Okay. Oh, Counterfeit okay. pill. If you don't get okay. that pill right out of a pharmaceutical bottle that you bought at a pharmacy, then you are, you are taking an enormous, it's like Russian roulette, basically, if you want to know mm-hmm. the truth. Um, but then if you, um, if it's a powder, something like cocaine, these fentanyl strips are great and probably would have helped those comics in Venice right. beach and might likely have helped, uh, Michael K. Williams. However, what is also the case with the fentanyl strips is once people get addicted to fentanyl and that doesn't take long, once you've been, they'll use you know, the strips to see whether they the have strips it. are used to ensure, right? Oh my God. Oh my fentanyl. God. In them. Right. Yeah, that's that's kind of where where it heads eventually once you're addicted you definitely cannot buy anything that doesn't have fentanyl because you're now you need you you need to keep that that withdrawal sickness away and so so it all ends up being um uh part of you know you you the strips help you ensure that what you're get, buying it's a quality control thing right do you have any sense that the lawmakers who need to be on this are with the urgency that they that they ought to be no and and i you know i'm i'll i'll give them a the benefit of the doubt on this 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 is the underworld morphing at a very very rapid rate and that's why i wrote uh, the least of us um which is subtitled Amer- uh, true tales of america and hope in the time of fentanyl and meth because this is happening right now it's been happening and it's changing very very quickly um our political system is not even in the best of times is not designed to morph this 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 quickly i have to say i do believe that what this really gets down to is uh, the need um i think the evidence is kind of clear to me anyway that what this need we need is is really an engagement with mexico we cannot have on our flank a, a country that produces this staggering quantities of of fentanyl a uh, poisonous drug and that doesn't that leaves upside fentanyl, um, um, methamphetamine, which is a main driver of our homelessness right now and our mental illness in this country is the methamphetamine that, that changed a while back out of Mexico and, and, and now is really a major driver of, of our mental illness and, and homelessness. All of that's coming out of Mexico. At the same time, we cannot be the country that, that has turned a blind eye to an outrage, which is all the guns that are bought here that are smuggled into Mexico that allow those traffickers down in Mexico, the impunity with which they are now able to produce just staggering quantities of both methamphetamine 
and, and fentanyl. To me, I know it's a long-term project. It's a long-term yeah. issue. Um, I lived in Mexico for 10 years. Um, no president in my lifetime so far has, has established the kind of relationship with Mexico that I believe we really, really need as essential in all this. But, but that is really where we need to be because Mexico needs to step up. It is a disaster for that country, what the, what the government down there is really turning a blind eye to. At the same time, we are arming all those folks. The, the, there's a trickle of guns that have been flowing south for decades into Mexico, and, and that's a big reason why they enjoy such impunity. Thank you for spelling all of that out. I think we talk a lot about the trafficking as a one-way situation, and if we just shut it off, then the United States will be safe from whatever horrors are happening in Mexico, and we really don't interrogate how we help support and create the conditions under which the horrors can happen in Mexico. It is, yeah. it is absolutely a two-way street that we need to be. That we need Without to a doubt, it's a binational to. problem. And it's been you, each side views it as a, a, a national problem pointing to the, the nation that's at fault as the other side and right. never looking inward. Right. Man. Sam Quinones, <laughs> I want to thank you for this interview, but also I am I'm just terrified. I was not at all at prepared. Point. I didn't know. I really I this went I did I am my mind it's like I'm the explode brain explosion emoji at this moment. That's what I am right now. <laughs> well, that's really the reason that I wrote my book, Clearly. The Least of Us. Yeah. Uh, because I felt that that this was very new and nobody was aware of it. It it changed it was changing so fast. And um, it was, it was it, again, as I said, it was more akin, in my opinion, to a poisoning than an actual drug issue, that, the way we, but, but that's the, what they say, you know, on the street, fentanyl changes everything. It changes who's, who, can sell, who, who becomes a kingpin. It democratizes drug use, drug sales, so almost anybody can now be a, a, a kingpin. You don't have to work mm. your way up like Scarface and some devious organization. You know, the supplies are the thing. It's such a vast supply that it changes everything on the street, all kinds of ways. Never before have we had deadly drugs being added to cocaine and all these different no. things, you know? No, I mean, this is just, it's made all of the myths that we had about drug use into realities. And that That's is going right. to be yeah. a very, very right. difficult cultural shift. If you want to know more about this, the book is The Least of Us, True Tales of America and Hope in the Time of Fentanyl and Meth. Sam Quinones, thank you so much for being here this morning. My pleasure, folks. Thanks very much for having me on. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show.